As a resilience professional, what can you do to improve your confidence, develop your skills, build your network, and gain recognition in the industry? Well, what if I told you that the answer is volunteering? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 98 of the Resilient Journey podcast presented by the Resilience Think Tank. I'm your host, Mark Hoffman, and this week I'm joined by Michael Kroymans. In this episode, Michael and I talk about something we haven't covered yet during the podcast, volunteering and the benefits that it can bring to your career. Volunteering can provide you with a chance to work on projects that you might not otherwise be exposed to and open doors to your career. We discuss different opportunities to volunteer and dispel the myth that only those with years of experience can volunteer. The Resilient Journey podcast is a Resilience Think Tank production. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Uh, great to have you here. Let's start off by just having you introduce yourself and telling the listeners a little bit about your background. Hi, thanks, Mark. Thanks very much for inviting me. Um, first of all, uh, my background, um, in case you're wondering, you probably hear about three different accents Uh going on at the moment. Uh, I come from New Zealand. I was born in New Zealand. And then when I was um, quite some time ago, I moved across Australia and I was introduced to Tandem Computers. I spent a lot of time working on high available non-stop applications. Uh, and then my work took me to the UK where I spent a year and then I came over to the Netherlands and I've spent a lot of time working on HP non-stop, Tandem. Um, so I spent a lot of time working on high availability and I, I wanted to take it a step further. And then I got introduced to business continuity management. I was lucky enough to have an assignment that was real business continuity and not IT continuity management, branded as business continuity management. Right. So that gave me a, a really good uh, founding and uh, basis in uh, business continuity management. And after that, I spent a lot of time doing either business continuity management or IT continuity management or a combination of both. Um, I then got the opportunity to work for another company, um, a big global manufacturing company as the global resilience officer. And uh, that took me a lot further into um, other areas that I'm already busy with, and that was uh, resilience and uh, crisis management. And, um, you know, we certainly learned a lot during COVID. And, right. um, you know, and part, part, of, um, part of the uh, impact of COVID was that a lot of people uh, needed to leave the company. So I then took on a new job as continuity management at, uh, at a bank where I'm working at the moment. So that's a bit of my background, uh, technically um, starting off on HP nonstop and uh, working through on high availability, business critical, mission critical, uh, business continuity. That's an, an interesting background. And, and you know, we talk to so many different people who come into the industry through different paths. And for me, it started out with good old fashioned IT disaster recovery. Right. And then, you know, with you being high availability, a similar path. And there's so many interesting ways into the industry. And I really, really like that. And th that kind of ties a little bit into what we're talking about today, because we want to focus today uh, and, you know, been doing this for almost two years and we haven't talked about this yet. And that is volunteering in the resilience industry for people who maybe haven't thought too much about volunteering. What are some of the benefits from a professional standpoint for someone to volunteer in our industry okay well I've, I've i think i've been volunteering in lots of different things but uh, i think in as far as resilience or business continuity uh professions concerned it's been over 10 years 
And, um, you know, I took the plunge. Uh, I started working with a um, somebody who was organizing um, small business continuity events. So I asked if I could help uh, just that, um, you know, uh, organizing those events and getting people to come and speak or speaking myself. And then the opportunity came to to pick up the um, the chapter in the Netherlands, the BCI chapter in the Netherlands. And I really spent quite a lot of time hesitating. And somebody said, "Just do it. You'll be good at it." Mm-hmm. And that was that really snow uh, snowballed after that. And I think some when I look back over the last ten years or so, I'm thinking, "What what what have I actually benefited?" And what what are some of the things that you can actually get as a volunteer? And I've made a whole list of them. And first of all, it's confidence. And you get the opportunity to uh, check your knowledge with other people. Um, you know, you're discussing things, and you'll see that your ideas are, are, are quite good, or you know where your ideas maybe aren't as strong as someone else's. You'll be getting feedback, and you'll be learning a lot. So you get the opportunity to gauge your knowledge or increase your knowledge based on uh, the people that you're networking with. Um, it also gives you the opportunity to develop professionally. And, you know, if I went to my manager and said, I want to be treasurer of the board or I want to be, um, you know, I want to run a division, they'll probably say, um, you yeah, know, not a good idea. Good luck but with that. A, yeah. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> as, a, as a volunteer, you can, you, you know, you, those opportunities are there. Um, you know, there we are lots of board opportunities or people who are future leaders, you know, getting the opportunity to get in there and get experience. So you get the opportunity to do something uh, or to take on a task or do something or to develop something that you might not normally get in your normal job. Uh, and and the thing is, you know, people are going to support you. You know, we, we don't want people as volunteers to, to make a mess of it. So we'll help them. So you get free coaching and mentoring as well. You know, so although it might seem daunting, it's, um, you know, people aren't going to let you make a mess of it. So it's a great opportunity to develop yourself professionally. Uh, part of that, part of that is it, it's, uh, um, it gives you opportunity to build up a network. Um, some, of the, quite a lot of the voluntary work that I've done at BCIS has put me in contact with people all over the world. Uh, so, you know, and not not just within the BCI, but also put me in contact with the ISO organization. So I have a, a massive network of people that are really well placed, and because they're all all volunteers themselves, they are happy to help. So if I, I can get most of them on the phone very quickly, and it makes a big difference if I call up and say, hey, listen, I'm calling on behalf of the BCI, as opposed to I'm calling on behalf of company ABC, you know, right. the second one you want, you want to get in contact. So it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a fantastic way to get a network, to build up a network. And quite often, you know, just for an event, I'll see something in the paper or I'll see, read something and say, hey, that's a really interesting topic. Someone I don't even know on the internet, um, send them a message saying, listen, this is where, we, where we're at. We'd really love to come and speak or call them up. And nine times out of 10, they say, yeah, we're great. Happy to help. Because you're sometimes working on new stuff, like, uh, for example, the, the good practice guide for the um, for the BCI right. or on, on the standards at ISO, you're up to date with uh, the latest knowledge. Yeah, you're getting, you're being part of it. You're part of that process and you're getting that information before it's published. Well, and not only that, but I guess you're also uh, able to uh, exert some influence on the industry as well, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you're you're helping shape that as well. But I mean, that's, that's all part of the growth process. You know, when you're, when you're starting, maybe you're just looking around, trying to understand, uh, making sure that, you know, 
you, you understand what it's about and you may be a little bit uh, more reluctant as to uh, you know, to throw your ideas out there. But as you build that confidence, you'd see that, hey, maybe I do know what I'm talking about. People start becoming more vocal. And, um, you know, the other thing, too, is you can ask questions. You know, people will explain it to you. Um, you know, I don't understand that. Okay, nope, they'll take the time to explain it. And that helps you build your knowledge and it, it, um, as, as well. Um recognition um mm-hmm. you know if you like it or not your name gets thrown around people see you're doing things so that you're out there and that sort of snowballs as well you know without having to do a lot on uh, about it and um people I mean, I mean i've had quite a lot of people call me and say will you come and speak at this event can you come and speak there or they've seen something that i've done and say hey that's interesting can you come and speak or so um i i really like that and let me let me interject something there just Twice within the last couple of days, uh, I've had examples of people just because of the work they've done, whether it's maybe posting on LinkedIn and some of the branding that they're doing with that, but also through different volunteering efforts that they've been involved in, that they've been reached out to proactively to say, hey, I have a job or a contract. Are you interested in applying for it? And that recognition that, that comes with that is huge. I know an example of that, uh, Mark, is years ago, um, I saw somebody from another organization in the Netherlands was doing a survey on uh, business continuity in the Netherlands. And I think, you know, if anybody's doing that, the BCI should be doing that. So I got in contact with them and uh, we agreed to do it together. And we also agreed to do some research together and tried to find something that wasn't, um, um, you know, hadn't been done to death at that point. We picked up on climate change and this was about five, six years ago before it was really, really hip, at which it is at the moment. Right. And we, we did a piece on it and, you know, what is climate change, uh, how it's going to affect us, uh, but what what is the role of the business continuity manager? What should be we thinking about? And as a result of that, I got a uh, an email from someone saying, oh, we'd like to come and speak at a conference with pay for everything or everything. Like, this is a joke. And I looked at it again and I'm like, no, it's serious. So uh, went to Greece <laughs> and now oh, no, it was great. And went to Greece and had about three or four fantastic days, met another few, uh, you know, you meet other speakers, uh, you meet other people, you're building a network again. So, um, you know, it's, and uh, um, another one was recently was invited to come speak at the uh, Supply Chain Resilience Conference. Right. So I've done that twice, once in London and Berlin uh, just uh, earlier this year. So th- those are things that are not just in my immediate network. So it's, um, right. yeah, it's, 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 it's strange how these things happen. Yeah, I, I just I just want to mention a couple more things on you know, some of the events. It's, you know, it opens doors, it it opens uh, career opportunities because of recognition, um, and I, I think in summary, you know, it, the network is just something that's invaluable. And if I look at, yeah, it costs me some time, but if I look at it from an investment point of view, if I look at it, the amount of time that I've spent on it and what I've got back, the rewards it's given me, that's just a no-brainer. It really is, uh, you know. I think a lot of people would love an investment opportunity like that. Well, so it's, it's out there. For, it's right? out there. For, it's out there for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a little bit of uh, of a cost in time, like you said, but the but the payback is is worth it's it. Is what you're saying, yeah. Oh, it's immense. It's it's absolutely immense. And you know, you you can spend as little or as much time on it as you want. Right. Uh, I would say that. A warning, though, a caveat is, you know, not to overextend on the volunteer part. 
No, exactly. I mean, if you say yes, you that people expect you to do it, and you know, it's it, you're a volunteer, but it's not. Um, it doesn't mean that uh, if you commit to doing something that it's um, it's uh, optional. Your people are relying on you to do it, so you know, if you do commit to doing something, you know, make sure that you've got the time to do it. Yeah, that's a that's a fair point. All right, let's talk about some specific opportunities to volunteer and. We'll start with BCI because I know you've done a lot of work over the last 10 years volunteering with BCI, but what are some common ways that people can volunteer with BCI? I, I think the, the, the first thing is to get in touch with your local uh, chapter. Um, they're always looking for people to help. They're always looking for people to to come and uh, help at events, to, to help with the marketing, help with the communication, to help with... Mm-hmm. Um, uh, finding speakers, helping finding venues, uh, maybe uh, some of the chapters even working on some research or uh, those sorts of things. So just get in touch with them and say you want to help. And um, I think nine times out of ten, they'll, they'll be more than happy to to welcome you in and um, and to help you help them. So, so you- let me jump in on that. So for people who aren't maybe as familiar, you said local chapter. Um, there are BCI chapters, what, geographically by country? How does that work? Yeah, the BCI has, um, in most well, most countries, quite a lot of countries now, they have their own chapter. And you can find them in the groups, the communities in the uh, on the BCI website. And they are indeed geographical, uh, the majority of them. There are also some special groups for, for example, Women and Resilience is one example. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are just so many opportunities. Um and the, the BCI will quite often put out uh, newsletters or articles asking for um, for people to volunteer. Um, recently, it was for judges, and I've also asking people for uh, special interest group leaders. So the central ones are probably someone who's got a little bit more experience, but um, they always are asking for volunteers for the um, for the uh, the big uh, conference in November. They're asking for people to come and um, you know, present. They're asking for people to to lead some of the events or to work in the program advisory group. So there's quite a lot of different opportunities uh, there. But I think if you're just starting, the the best place to start would be at your local chapter. You've said a couple of things that I want to follow up on. And in your one of your first answers, you said that when someone encouraged you to volunteer, they said that they thought you would be good at it. What yeah. does it take to be good at volunteering uh, in our industry? I think what it takes is um, that you're pre- prepared to help, that you're prepared to to invest some of your time, and you're prepared to learn. Uh, as I said, you know, quite often we're, we're we're doing things that we don't normally do at work, so it's mm-hmm. a um, you know it's going in and trying things and and asking for help where you need it, asking for feedback. You know, how could I have done this better? Is it a common misconception that only people with double-digit years of experience or seasoned professionals, as we like to say, are qualified to volunteer? I mean, that 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 seems to be a misconception to me. Isn't it true, really, that that really anyone can volunteer? Absolutely, and um, we, we're always looking to get more people to 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 get involved and uh, yeah you might not be the finished article i certainly wasn't the finished article i'm not that now either but i certainly right. wasn't anywhere near it when i started but getting in there and uh, being prepared to you know to to challenge yourself and as i said there are lots of people who will help you and uh, there are also a lot of um 
a lot of chapters have um, future leaders, so they will actually elect someone to their board to to learn the ropes. You know, even though that they are not uh, an experienced uh, board member. Um, so yeah, you know, just get in there. As a matter of fact, I would go as far as to say we need uh, newer members of the industry to come out and volunteer because those fresh new voices uh, are are super valuable, right? Oh, absolutely. And that's one of the things um, we quite often uh, uh, get accused of being uh, the old gray men running the BCI. And we right. really, really would love a lot more diversity, a lot more inclusion, and a lot more younger people involved in um, in running and influencing BCI all through the uh, through all different uh, phases. Yeah, so, those different, those younger, newer points of view are so important and so valuable. And not not just the younger points, newer points of view, but also the newer ways of working, the newer ways of learning, the the things like that. You know, the way it, when when I went to school quite some time ago, we did things a lot differently. So it's it's not just um, it's not just how we look at the industry, but also how do we learn, how do we collaborate, how do we uh, how do we do all those sort of things, and you know, to keep the industry alive we need to be able to incorporate those new ways of thinking those new ways of learning those new ways of doing things uh, into um, our good practice guide and our way of um, uh, and our way of working and you know it's really important too that we talked about growing our network we talked about checking ourselves and and making sure we uh, can maybe improve in some of those weaker areas but it doesn't stop there I mean you take that work you take that new knowledge and you now apply it back to the work that you're doing. So your Absolutely. organization is benefiting from that as well. Absolutely. And I think uh, most of my managers have uh, learned from me that, um, you know, if they want me to go on a training course uh, for something, I say I'd much rather spend the time doing some of the volunteer work at the ISO or at the BCI because I'm learning more of that, more from that that's relevant to what I'm doing than I might do from another training course. I love that. Now, outside of the BCI, uh, what are some things that people can do to give back to the industry? Uh, quite a lot of things, of course. Um, you know, getting involved with uh, local universities. They always like um, people to, you know, if, they're, if they've got students doing something uh, business continuity or resilience related, then they're quite often uh, quite happy to have buddies or mentors for that. Um, ISO, the local committees of ISO are more than happy to um to have people come in and uh, help uh, review uh, or write uh, new standards, promoting BCM or at, at other disciplines. So, you know, you might have some links with uh, risk management or with uh, information security or insurance. You know, it's, it's quite often really helpful to, to bring a BCM perspective or let them understand how BCM uh, approaches those topics uh, as well. So, you know, getting the opportunity to speak there is always uh, interesting. Um, you know, presenting at different events, mentoring, uh, disc- just discussions on social media and also what you're doing, podcasts. You know, there's all different ways that you can um, build and share your knowledge with others. I, I like what you said. I'm going to go back to you, you were talking about other disciplines. And that's so important, you know, whether it's um, supply chain or, or cyber, or you talked about climate change earlier. Um, there are so many sub-disciplines or adjacent disciplines to what we would normally think of as traditional business continuity management or resilience. 
the more you can learn, and again, you talked about this by volunteering, you are learning. The more you can learn about those subdisciplines makes you so much more rounded uh, as a resilience professional. I really like what you said there. I agree. And uh, the thing too is, I think if we want to be resilient, business continuity management is not going to make an organization resilient. It's part of the picture, mm-hmm. but it's, it's a collaboration with a lot of other disciplines that is going to make you truly resilient. So understanding how they work, but also getting them to understand how business continuity works and the overlap with business continuity and risk management, for example. Um, what you just said, cyber, you know, how do you manage a cyber event? That's not just a yep. secure information security issue. Yeah, it's crisis management. You got privacy in there. There's so many things that absolutely yeah. that are affected. And and if you go back to your senior executives and you ask them what keeps them up at night, it's going to be one of these sub disciplines. You know, it could be supply chain. It very likely will be cyber. Uh, and so, the more that you can learn about those things, uh, the the better off you you're going to be. Yeah, and it's not it's not not so much learning about them so that you can take it over, but that you can collaborate. Exactly. No, it's yeah. so that you can have intelligent conversations, right? Yeah. All right. So we're we're heading into conference season. Uh, we have DRJ Fall is coming up in just a few weeks. We have BCI World shortly after that, and conferences are a great opportunity to get involved. And it's not just about getting up and being a presenter, right? I mean, there's other ways to help. Uh, to start off with, I think that's probably the easiest way to get involved. Mm-hmm. Um, th- I think, to be honest, that is the easiest way to get involved. You know, that that's what what they're looking for most of the time is just somebody to get to to fill the program. Um, and you know, once you get established, you know, you, you might get the opportunity or might be asked to to maybe work on the program committee or to facilitate sessions or facilitate uh, mm-hmm. uh, people that are going to be presenting. But I think you need to step yourself a little bit as a as a presenter first. I think most of the organizational things are certainly with the BCI. They are, they are well taken care of within the team themselves. They've got a professional team to to look after all of that. Okay, and where they need where they need help, they'll ask. But again. There's never any harm in just getting in contact with them and saying, listen, you know, if you need any help, if there's anything I can do, um, let me know. That is such a valuable question. And it's often a throwaway question, isn't it? I mean, people might be going through a difficult time and we say out of kindness or compassion, well, let me know if there's anything I can do. And often when we ask that question, we don't know what it is we could do. And so very often, the person says thank you and nothing ever comes of it but from yes. a volunteering standpoint you ask that question you can expect to get involved i would i would assume yeah but i think yeah the the the, the typical way to start would be getting in touch with your uh with your local chapter and telling you you want to get involved you want to learn and um you know taking it from there all right, so here's the toughest question. And I, I warned you about this, uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? So um, it, it's a common question. I, I try to ask it to uh, pretty much everybody who comes on the podcast. You've approached your building, the front doors open, and a song plays as you're walking into the office, or maybe when you walk up to on stage to present something. What song would you choose to be played, and why did you pick that one? 
Well, I, I think, yeah, given the, the theme that we're talking about today and volunteering, I think the song that came into mind uh, very quickly, and it wasn't difficult, was uh, With Little Help From My Friends. Nice. And, uh, yeah, and you know, you've got the Beatles version, of course, but the Joe Cocker one, and it's rough and it sounds good. But it's, I, I don't think you should look at the lyrics especially, but I think the sentiment, um, you know, we can't do things on our own and accept help from each other and uh, be prepared to help each other you you never know when you need it yourself and never it'll never be perfect but every bit helps i gotta tell you something that is a brilliant choice and the joe cocker version also a brilliant choice uh just yeah. the opening of it uh which we're going to hear in a second because i'm going to put it as the outro for this episode oh, wow. i mean it is absolutely brilliant i love that uh and i love what you said about the sentiment of it um I got to tell you, I'm going to have a playlist of podcast walk-up music here. Um, by the time I get done this podcast, it is going to be an incredible playlist, and and that's a that's a great choice. Yeah, Michael, thank you for doing this. How can people connect with you and uh, reach out to you if they want to learn more about these things? I think the easiest way is just on LinkedIn, and it's Michael Croymans, and pretty easy to find. And uh, Michael, I appreciate you doing this. Thanks for coming by. I know you've had a, a busy week. So thanks for squeezing me in here this week. It was great information, spot on. And uh, it was my pleasure to speak with you. And the pleasure was all mine, Mark. Thanks very much for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to share some of the things that have really, really influenced my career. A huge thanks to Michael Croymans for joining me on the podcast this week and talking to us about the value and benefits of volunteering. Next week, we have an interesting conversation, too, as I'm joined by Mark Armour. And honestly, I expect us to disagree quite a bit. It ought to be an interesting episode. And in just two weeks, it's the 100th episode of the Resilient Journey podcast. And a very special 9-11 episode is coming. Also, huge news coming out of the Resilience Think Tank. So join us for all of this, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey. What would you do if I sang out of tune? Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears and I'll sing you a song. I will try not to sing out of key. Yeah. Oh, baby, how I'm gonna get high.